Welcome to EM Guidewire, your guide to emergency medicine, brought to you by the residents and faculty from Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's time for Sports Medicine. Hello, emergency medicine and sports medicine fans. I'm Sean Fox, one of the fortunate faculty members at Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte, North Carolina, who gets to work amongst the talented emergency medicine residents, fellows, and faculty here. And currently, I have the privilege of introducing a new series from the EM Guidewire team, the Sports Medicine Corner. This series will be hosted by Jeremy Driscoll, a familiar voice to those EM Guidewire core concept fans. Dr. Driscoll will be bringing you very rapid reviews of common sports and orthopedic injuries that occur both on and off the field that you and I will be likely encountering in our emergency departments and sports medicine offices. Now, without further delay, here's Dr. Driscoll and the Sports Medicine Corner. Hello, welcome to this edition of Sports Medicine Corner. I'm Jeremy Driscoll, your host. Today we'll be talking about mallet finger injuries. Mallet finger injuries are usually caused by a traumatic impactation blow, basically a sudden force flexion on the tip of the finger. This is often seen in ball sports like basketball, volleyball, and baseball. Most of the times the patients presenting will be a basketball player who comes in stating that they jam their finger when going up for a rebound. Essentially, this blow forces the DIP joint into force flexion, which the DIP does not like. In response, you get a rupture of that extensor tendon in the area of the distal phalanx, distal to that DIP joint. When they come in, what you'll be seeing is them holding their hand, and the affected finger will have the DIP joint flexed to about 40-45 degrees, and they have no active DIP extension. Mount finger injuries are also going to be a clinical diagnosis. You can consider a finger x-ray to evaluate for avulsion fractures, as this does affect their management with hand surgery. Now, I'm sure you all know about Doyle's classifications of mallet finger injuries, right? Uh, yeah, of course, me either, so let's leave that to the hand surgeons. Now, most importantly, if left untreated, a devastating consequence of a mallet finger injury can be a swan neck deformity. That's basically when the PIP is left in extension and the DIP with flexion. That flexor digitorum profundus is unopposed and can lead to significant morbidity for these patients in the future. For emergency department treatment of a mallet finger injury, what you'll do is basically splint the DIP joint in continuous slight extension or hyperextension, but don't overextend. The splint is going to need to be placed for about six to eight weeks. Now, a key thing is splinting of the PIP joint is not necessary, and you should actually avoid it. Let that PIP flow free. Inadvertently splinting the PIP for six weeks can result in significant collateral ligamentous overgrowth and then functional disability of the finger. ED disposition is going to be discharged with hand surgery follow-up closely in about seven to ten days. Now, in the ED, there's a couple different mechanisms you can use to splint the finger. Most commonly, we have available and easily access is the aluminum and foam strips. Now, these are lightweight and, like I said, readily available. There are some more high-tech type of splints, but I'll talk about those in a second. Regarding aluminum and foam strips, though, the disadvantage is that they have to be taped in place. The foam's going to degrade over time, especially with hand washing, and they have to take the actual splint off in order to take shower or anything like that. Skin can get macerated from lack of air getting into the skin, and the splint limits finger use. Now, some more high-tech innovations that can be used for mallet finger injuries are things like the stack splint or, more recently, the oval 8 finger splint. Now, I think we probably have a couple stack splints, but I'd have to go searching back in the storage closet here. But the stack splint has a pretty big advantage of being lightweight, and it really holds that fingertip straight. 
Some of the disadvantages, though, of the stack splint is that it can be difficult to fit, especially with patients with larger fingers. Like the, the foam splint, the skin can get macerated and is difficult to wash while wearing. Now, I don't have any financial disclosures for this, but one of my best recommendations is going to be the oval eight finger splint, mostly because it's the best and easiest for patients to use while at home. Some disadvantages, though, are that it does require some professional adjustments in order to get a custom fit depending on how the patient's finger looks and the size of the patient's finger. However, though, you can easily slide this type of splint on and off for skin care, and patients can easily wash their hands with this at home. It's lightweight, and it has an open design to let the finger breathe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Sports Medicine Corner. I'm Jeremy Driscoll. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to EM Guidewire. Go! Be awesome today! CMC out.